0: Hey guys, welcome to Not Just a Hashtag Podcast, presented by Trees of Hope. I'm your host, Nicole Escobar. On this podcast, we will be discussing the epidemic of sexual abuse, its realities, and the unfiltered ways in which it has affected all of our lives. We share our personal stories and how our lives have been restored. While this podcast is for everyone, we do want to let you know that we use several trigger words, and this is geared more towards adult audiences. This podcast is for anyone who wants to educate themselves on the statistics behind sexual abuse, signs to look out for, and how to prevent it from happening. So let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 57. So sorry, we did not record last month. Um, Just a little update on me. I actually had a baby. Um, So I wasn't able to (laughs) obviously come here and... well, I could have, but that would have been really hard cuz as you I think mom, you were kind of busy. <laughs> yeah. I think you're a little, <laughs> little busy. I'm I'm like I'm doing this new thing now where I'm like I can do that and then I'm like nah, I can't do that. I can't not with a baby. So, um that's why I wasn't here and uh, but I did miss you guys. We were thinking about you and I was definitely thinking, okay, like how do we come out strong for this next episode? But before I get into that, uh Kristen, welcome. How are you? Good,
1: Nicole. I'm just congratulations again. So, so happy for you. That's a good reason to have not been around for a month or so. So anyways, yeah, I'm glad to be back too, for sure. And listen, we're glad all of you who are listening in, we just want to remind you that everything we talk about is informational and for educational purposes. It's not, it doesn't constitute official advice. Mm -hmm. Um, It definitely doesn't replace the advice of your doctor or therapist Uh, We probably don't know you personally or your story, so we want to make sure that you get that help from someone who's sitting down hearing your story. So we hope you're informed and
0: and encouraged by what we have to share. Yep. Amen. All right. So this month, um, we want to do things just a little bit different. So we typically cover healing topics, driving topics. How do you thrive after sexual abuse? But on this episode, I want to talk about something that could be controversial, and it is um, about the state of our children and our youth. So I don't know about you guys, but for me, like never before in our lifetime, I'm hearing topics of childhood sexual abuse, Grooming, the sexualization of our children. They have been headlining news like never before. And social media is just like nonstop. And I don't know if it's just maybe in my own feed. Are you seeing it too, Kristen? Like as much as, okay. Yeah. 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 There's,
1: I think there's a lot more talk about it.
0: I, and I don't know about you, Kristen, but for me, I'm constantly seeing posts in my social media of people or like a guy going to Walmart or Starbucks and somebody exposing them that they knew that they were going to meet with a child for sexual pleasure or to do certain things with a child they should not be doing. Have you seen stuff like that more recently? Yes and no, not a ton, but yeah, I a couple of times.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Needless to say, unfortunately, I think we at this point in time, everyone should know these things are happening. That's the right. bottom line. Yeah, these yeah. things are happening, and and you know, I'm yeah, so we're here talking about it, right?
0: Yeah, and one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of is much of the discussion around the topic of content that is being exposed to children in the public school system that has an overt sexual agenda that does not protect their innocent hearts and minds. So I'm talking about maybe sexual education or books that are too graphic and too sexual for uh, middle schoolers to be reading or even high schoolers, right? Like if I had a high schooler right now, I do not want them learning about oral sex through a book that they get at the school library. I want them to be learning about those types of things through me and when I'm ready to teach them. Um, so we'll talk more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what at one of our prevention workshops, I had a woman ask me kind of like on that topic, Why is it essential that parents are the ones who champion that sexual education conversation with their children and not teachers and not the school system? And so the reality is, is that that conversation has been taken from parents because parents have have avoided it. And because parents, a lot of times are confused about what to say and they don't really, or or maybe they've been sexually abused and they really don't even know where to begin or what to talk about. I know for me and my family, my mom had like this weird thing about talking to me about my body and the way that it was developing and things like that. So my dad did it. Um, But that was an awkward conversation all in itself because it was happening when I was like 17 years old, as opposed to when I was a young kid and kind of, um, allowing the conversation to, uh, start young, teaching me consent, boundaries, body language, things like that, and allowing it to grow as I grew right. The conversation Right, age appropriate. Exactly. Yeah, and so a lot of times what parents don't know is how important they are in kids' lives. Um, When they take an active role in educating their children about how their bodies were made, how they function, and their reproductive health, children, teens are more likely to actually delay sexual activity and to be more aware when someone is trying to sexually take advantage of them. So there was this study done by Power to Decide they surveyed over 3,000 young people ages 12 through 15. And they asked them, who is your biggest influencer regarding sexual decision making? And 52% of those kids said, parents that's amazing. That's amazing. The power that a parent holds, especially a good parent who's really invested in their child. I mean, you can even be like a halfway decent parent and you can still have a really good influence on your child. Actually, you could be a really bad parent and have a huge influence on your child too. So, you know, be careful about that. Just remember, I'm now a parent. Well, I've been a parent for a year, but I'm the things that I'm like, I'll never do that as a parent. Right. Like, cause I'm like, I look at my parents. I'm like, I'm going to correct that behavior. I'm going to correct that. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it pops out when you're like doing certain things with your child. Like I never thought I would scream. No, like, no, don't do that. And now all of a sudden I'm doing it. I'm like, I hated when my parents did that to me. And now I'm thinking, okay, I'm doing it because I learned that. Right. No one else taught me a different way. And at the same time, um, you you mirror kind of like your parent. And if it was bad teaching that they taught you, you can mirror what they've taught you in a bad way. So that's why we want to be like very active in our children's lives, but making sure that we're equipped and that we're healthy and that we are guiding our kids the best way that we can and not based on what society's telling us but as christians for me at least i want to i want to raise my kid the way that i think that the bible says and that the way that um i feel a conviction on and through prayer and surrendering to god every single day and so i've mentioned all that only because we're about to get into a heavy topic and as parents we can feel a lot of weight and um like you know worry are we doing this right is this You know, I know for me, um, I'm always like, I don't want to screw up my kids. I don't want to screw up anybody that's in my care. Um, And so the best way to do that is to take an honest look at the best way not to do that. Sorry, is to take an honest look at yourself and and say, okay, like on this topic that we're about to talk about, which is sexual abuse prevention. We say, okay, what are some of the areas that I'm blind in? and what are yeah. some areas that i am vulnerable in that i may not be um you know doing my part or or i may not be pouring into my child the way that i could and getting them ready right protecting them protecting their hearts and their minds and getting them ready for what's to come because this world is coming in fast and hot and it's yeah and it's odd mm-hmm. out there
1: <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and i but i i am totally in agreement with you Nicole about like one of the best things we can do as parents all the way around is really consistently take that, that inventory of what's going on for me about this particular topic um, or where are my blind spots, where have I been hurt or injured? Like that's one of the best gifts you can give to your kids is to work through your own healing, you know, continuously, right? Because there's always more stuff to work on. And being a parent is hard. We're not we we know that it is like the toughest job you're probably ever gonna do is to be a parent. And I'm sure some of you listening may be saying amen. And some of you may not be parents who are listening, but this is probably really good for you to hear too, because sometimes what we also need to hear is, oh, that's how it probably should have looked. <clears throat> and that would have been really helpful to me, or maybe this wouldn't have happened, and, and so on and so forth. So Mm, I think point. this conversation, yeah, is informative all the way around too. So, yeah.
0: so, um, as most of, you know, we are in, we are a podcast produced by the organization called trees of hope. And I am the executive director there and our heart is truly, I mean, I could read our mission statement and our vision, but boil down our heart is to really try to come alongside parents and end the the scourge of childhood sexual abuse through prevention education. We really, really believe that the only way to do that is to properly train parents on things to look out for and to help them take back control that conversation of sexual education. I believe that parents who are better equipped and trained at discussing the basics of sex education will be more confident and equipped to talking about the more challenging conversations about body safety and sexual abuse with their children and their teen. So, you know, if it's teaching your child the proper names of their body parts or genitals to modeling consent in everyday life, sex education, we need to know is more about is there's more to it than just pleasure and reproduction. Um it, that it's also Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a lot these yeah. com- there, it's just it's not just that, right? If we have well and com- it's ongoing, right? Like yes. it's not like it like I think
1: sometimes like the maybe the this is a funny way to say it, but like the old school, right? Perception yeah. is like the birds and the, the birds and the bees talk. It's not these aren't this
0: <laughs> it's multifaceted and not just one conversation, you know. Totally. Yeah. I, and I love that you said that. And, and at the end of the day, when we are able to have these more basic conversations and we find, we, we find that we don't add shame to them and comfortability and we do add comfortability to them. What we're doing is we're making children safer and safer from sexual abuse, sexual being groomed and recognizing who is a sexual predator, right? Because w- Predators, groomers look for vulnerabilities in children. And they're typically kids who obviously, you know, have the obvious ones, which is like a single parent. And I'm sorry to say that, but yes, that's a vulnerability Um, or a parent that works a lot, right? Uh, That was one of my vulnerabilities. A parent that is not that involved. Um, Maybe you live on a street. It's a wealth. Maybe you live in a, um, you know, a nice neighborhood and you let your kids play outside and you don't really check on them all the time maybe not knowing who the neighbors are and kind of getting invested in their lives that's a vulnerability right cuz my I lived in a pretty decent neighborhood and and my neighbors were pretty decent people but it it just takes one person to take one other person and violate them for that child to have you know been a victim right so oh yeah and Nicole one thing I was going to add into when
1: you and I were talking before was um, just about all of us have vulnerabilities. Being human is being vulnerable, right? So being aware though of our vulnerabilities, like you may be in a situation where you do have to work long hours. And let's say there are, um, your child is being taken care of by a babysitter or a family member more often. You know, that's not, this is not us sitting here saying that um, any of the particular scenarios that you may be in are somehow inherently bad. It's just, I think we all have to be honest about our situations that we have and with with kids and, and, um, and what the potential vulnerabilities are and try to see what we can do to step in and be aware and be engaged as as engaged as we can and be involved and have honest, open conversations and check in on things and so forth. And I think this is you know, again, as we continue along, this is going to help educate in that way. But Mm -hmm. I just think I I want to make sure, and I know we both want to make sure that, that any of you parents who are listening, like, listen, we know being a parent is so hard. This is not to add shame to you or somehow make you feel like you're not um, a good enough parent. We want to help you in these areas. Um, to be aware and to be even more strengthened in what you're trying to do by taking care of your kids. Because the large majority of parents want to do the best thing for their kids. That's mm-hmm. what the large majority of parents want to do. There is, a, there is another extreme that is out to harm children, but that's the exception. Really the large majority really do want the best thing for their kids. So hopefully this, again, we want to, we want to be helpful in that area.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm like I said, now a parent. And, um, the reason why I'm feeling more of a parent is because my one year, my one child is one years old now. And there's like a whole new level of, um, vulnerabilities. And, um, uh, like for instance, we go to the park now all the time and I'm, I have my one son in the, in his, in his, um, carriage. Carriage, sorry, stroller, and then I have the (laughs) other one playing in the water splash pad. Um, And sometimes I can't when there's too many kids in the splash pad. I can't bring Lennox, is my son's name. I can't bring his stroller into the splash pad area. So I have to constantly walk over to where he's at. That right there is a vulnerability because the reality is, if somebody could snatch that stroller, I don't care that I have the lock on it, can snatch it and take off with them. But I'm stuck because I'm. You know, I've got one son who's, who's, there's an age gap of a year. And when they're young like that, it's a huge age gap. Like one is like wanting to explore and YOLO the whole is all day. And then the other one just wants to sleep all day. And so I'm like stuck. So I, Mm -hmm. I, I say that because, um, even though I work here and this content is constantly running through my brain and, you know, we have to create this kind of content, I'm, remembering certain things that I've taught in the key moments and I'll run over there. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm bringing them in here and I don't care if there's too many kids in here, they can just deal because I'm not losing my kid period. Right. Right. And so I did that and it gives me, um, it actually gives me like in the moments that I need them, it gives me like a little bit of confidence to respond like like a, like a tiger <laughs> yeah. when I may not have, because before I, I may not have been educated to do so, or I may have been like, it's not a big deal. Right. And I know a lot of times as survivors, like we, um, over-exaggerate minimize, right? some things and under-exaggerate mm-hmm. other things. Like what, like yeah. I know in back in the day, I may have said to myself, oh, nah, no, no one would take him. We're in like the best neighborhood, right. Something like that. And so now I'm like, don't care. I could be in, I could be in, uh, Palm Palm beach where it's like million dollar homes and look what, you know, Jeffrey Epstein could drive by into, you know, that's my point is that mm-hmm. you, it's not the, it's not the neighborhood that we're in. You have to always be on guard. Doesn't matter where we are. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, for this episode, you've kind of heard little bits and pieces of what we're trying to talk about and wanting to talk about. But I do not want to talk about sex education on this episode because I really do think that, you know, if you're here, you're most likely you're a survivor. I want to utilize your time well, um, but we do have a resource for you. Um, if you go to the Trees of Hope website, at uh, so that's www.treesofhope.org. We have a Facts of Life series that will be coming out this year. It's a three-part series, which each book builds upon the other, or you can read it individually, which will help teach you as a caregiver or a parent uh, how to teach your children how God designed their bodies, how they function, and how to respect and keep their body safe. Um, we would love to get that book or that series in your hands. Um, again, if you have a little one, uh, like for me, I have a newborn. Um, you could start reading that book, right? The, the beginning book for, um, for it's, it's, it's for toddlers. Yeah. Uh, the first one is for toddlers. So you, you know, read that book and as your child's growing up, you know, when to add certain conversations or say certain things and you're sort of, you know, you're more prepared than you were. Uh, for instance, if you, if you start, if you have a kid who's a teen, you can still read the middle book or the teen book and start talking to them about certain things that are age appropriate for them at that age. So, please get that in your hands. We would love to give it to you for free. Our heart here is to give resources out as much as possible, as much as we can afford for free, um, because it blesses us and it blesses our donors as well. So, you will be able to find that one more time in treesofhope.org forward slash store. All right. Um, And so on this episode, I want to talk and focus on how do we spot individuals who are sexual predators or they are groomers. So first, um, the legal definition of a sexual predator is someone who employs predatory or abusive methods. Of obtaining sexual contact with another person. And then the legal definition of a groomer is someone who builds a relationship, trust, and emotional connection with a child or young person so they can manipulate, exploit, and abuse them. So they're very common, right? So it's basically one person taking advantage of another person for their own sexual desires or other desires that they have but one of the things that i want to make sure that i'm pointing out is that all not all sexual groomers and predators have a sexual desire or end game right for some of them sexual intimacy is not even an issue or they don't have that desire at all but it is instead uh they're looking for dominance power and control over the other person um so before i get into so this is, we're actually going to talk about, there's four uh, traits or signs that are warning signs that someone is a predator or groomer. They, we're going to talk about one today. And then next episode, we're going to talk about the other three. So this is kind of like a two-part episode, but before I get into those, I want to talk about um, some faulty thinking of a predator or groomer. And The reason why I bring these up is because oftentimes, um, you will maybe meet somebody who, you know, the, like the first one today is we're going to talk about being in close contact with children, right? So you may meet, you may know somebody that is, who loves working with children. They happen to be like a camp counselor. They are a pastor for, for the youth or they're somebody who just loves children coach whatever and they don't they don't have these these faulty thinking or these red flag offenses so they are actually like a good person right um but what what I bring these other ones up because I want to separate the type of people who are doing these things and who happen to also want to be around children um yeah yeah yeah
1: exactly. It makes sense. Meaning we're not going to, you know, in what we're talking about today, we're we're not trying to say that every person who loves kids or wants to be around kids or um, is, you know, working with kids is somehow potentially better said is somehow a groomer or a predator or trying to harm children. That is not the case at all. Um, There are just some people who are not good and should not be around children and are are looking to harm them. You know, So that's the thing. It's not everyone. We know this. Then that's, yeah, definitely not what we're saying, but there are some people that are. And so we want to make sure that you're really informed about, you know, what to look for. Do you want to get into those Nicole now, the red flags?
0: Yeah. So there are a bunch. Um, and so again, (laughs) it's that marriage of these, these things, it could be one, two, it could be all of them. And then these warning signs that we're going to talk about. Okay. So the first one is they often diminish any feelings of shame and guilt, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's say they do hang out with children and they say inappropriate things around children. And then they diminish, uh, when somebody's, when they're confronted, they diminish any shame or guilt or, or feeling about their interaction, their, their, bad interaction or inappropriate interaction with children. Right. So they will make excuses for their behavior. Right. They always have a reason why it's happening. They often minimize the extent of harm. Like, oh, me hanging out with children is not that big of a deal. Doesn't everybody do that? Right. So they're constantly minimizing and glorifying their action, minimizing the, uh, the, how it could look or be perceived. So um, no ownership or
1: awareness sub awareness. Yeah. Correct. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is I, I also want to mention this. I don't, if you're like, um, if you've ever been sexually harassed or if you've ever had a boss who kind of like was inappropriate, you can sort of see these things as well in adult behavior when they, when men or women too do these things that are just so inappropriate so inappropriate. So it doesn't just stop at children. This is, you know, also, this is all around. Yeah. Um, they might claim they are entitled to their behavior, right? Like, you know, they think they're, they, they're allowed to, don't you know who I am? Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm allowed to do this. I'm allowed. There's an entitlement. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, they might blame the victim. Um, you know, well, she was wearing that outfit. Or she, what, you know, she kissed me first or she was drunk. Right. So it's the, it's again, back to no ownership. And so that I actually, I love that you said that because now that I'm thinking about it, that is a major thing, right. That, that predators and groomers do is never take ownership for the offense of harm and how it could harm somebody it's always deflect 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 blame shift gaslight move on to some point the finger at somebody else as opposed to what the bible says that we should do and be broken and contrite spirits right that we should be teachable spirits that we should be reflecting inward taking accountability and looking and going oh wait okay I see what you're saying here. I see um, that, you know, maybe I did, I did look at you that way or I did touch you in that way. I am so sorry. I did not mean to do that at all. And um, and and then correcting behavior as in never allowing it to happen again, right? That's exactly, the proper yeah. response. Make it a change. Yep. Yeah. Um, they usually have poor relationship with others. Uh, we're gonna talk more about that in a second. Uh they have a low self-esteem. So a lot of times they they victimize people to make themselves feel better right because they have this yeah. low self-esteem and so when they hurt somebody or make them feel low it raises them up well and that may
1: and and i think probably that may not always be evident you know i think sometimes when we think low self-esteem we think that's going to be real evident right someone walking with their head down oh you know i'm no good that kind of thing like i don't know that it would always be evident Like sometimes people develop ways in which to really mask that. Like that's what really internally is going on, but it's like behind 10 layers of masks to make sure nobody sees that. Yeah. So
0: that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Mm -hmm. you definitely, you know, when you think of, when, when I think of predators um, pedophiles, I'm definitely not seeing somebody who is you know, sad and, you know, insecure. Typically, they're outgoing people. They're very fun to be around at some points, right? Yeah, yeah. Seemingly. They're, um, you know, they may have a bravado about them or a, a thing about them that people are attracted to. Although, again, like we talked about, they have poor relationships mainly because it's hard to keep on that emotional roller coaster with them, right? Like there's, there's well, sure. a lot of ups and downs in their life.
1: Well, yeah. And we're
0: talking, I mean, if someone, if this is their goal also, if they
1: somehow are interested in harming others and taking advantage and having power over other people, they're probably not going to know how to relate very well and in a healthy way. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be able to, yeah. I mean, unless it's, you know, unless there's a, again, it's faking it to some degree, you know, there's, there, that could happen too. Right, where someone is kind of like faking that they care and have empathy and all those things, right, in one relationship and be predatory in another. It's it is possible.
0: Hmm. Good point. All right. Then, uh, when confronted about their behavior, they reframe the situation to pervert, preserve self worth. Uh, they might see the victim as deserving of the behavior, right? Like I've heard many abusers say, "Well, she wanted it. Um, I was teaching her." You know, I hear oftentimes when a dad's sexually abusing a child, I was teaching them how to like. They not only did they deserved it, but they needed this to happen to them, right? To be better. Um, they tend to blame others or diminish personal responsibility. And then research in male abusers have found that they have not developed social skills, self-confidence, and quality attachments to form effective, intimate relationships with their peers. That so, makes sense, yeah. All right. And so now what I want to do is talk about the first warning sign. We kind of uh, talked a little bit about it, but let's get deeper into it so it is being in close contact with children so often a sexual predator or groomer is interested in children and prefers to be associated with children in elementary middle or high school many sexual predators don't have many friends of their own age and they spend a lot of time with children so first before we get into you know how that could work out or what they do you know if you meet somebody who is wanting to spend time with your child on a consistent basis. So I understand a once in a while thing. And I, and I also understand, and I hate to be sexist about this, but if a, if you're a woman and you have children and another woman is offering, like your girlfriend is offering to watch your kids so that you can get a night's rest or a night out or something like that, there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually beautiful and should be encouraged. What we're talking about is like, maybe I'm just going to give you a scenario is maybe um, your son's coach, or maybe your daughter's uh, tutor, or maybe your, or maybe someone at church, a a church member, a male church member, or even a female church member um, that is, you know, somebody that you don't hang out with all the time, but is like, Hey, let me offer to watch your children. For you, but not just watch your children. They also are offering to take your kids home from church. They're offering to take your kids to church. Their main objective is being alone with your child, right? And so oftentimes, I'm sorry to say this, but the church is a very big, vulnerable location for wolves in sheep's clothing who are looking to prey on people who think innocence is like, you know, right, is the normal thing for everyone, that everyone has an innocent intention, that everyone is innocent in their actions. And it's sadly, it's not the case. So I always tell people, if you feel a certain thing from a person, like, you know, a check in your spirit is like the Christian terminology, but like a more street slang would be like trust your gut. Or, you know, if you just are like, whoa, that, that person seems off or something about them is just off or creepy or weird. Go with that. Do not ignore it. I promise you. For the most part, whenever there's smoke, there's fire. And whenever there is that feeling, it's there for a reason. I've ignored it in the past for my own life um, and got myself into my own stupid situations with people where I was like, oh my gosh, if I would have just heeded that warning that I had, right? And now I'm way more sensitive to it. Uh, Cause I have kids and I'll literally pounce on somebody who I feel check in my spirit. I'll just tell them, you need to leave us alone. You need to walk away and leave us alone. Um, but yeah, it's something that, you know, look at as a blessing rather than uh, something that is like, you know, a bad thing. I have had so many women call us come to a prevention workshop, come to our healing study who have said to me, you know, Um, who've given me a story about an instance where their child was sexually abused or a scenario. And it was similar to this, where they met the guy in church, they met the person at Publix, and the person was so charming, so sweet, so nice, so innocent. And then they let their kid hang out with this person, do various things, go to baseball. uh, They took him to a coaching thing. They did certain things. And they had to check in their spirit because they heard stuff like this in the past, but they pushed it away and minimized it and said, well, that would never happen to me or my kid. You know, I live in this neighborhood or I'm this kind of person, or I go to this church. It would never happen to me. Right. And then here we are talking about it. And I always hate that because I like grab the person right then and there. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And my, my first thought is like, Ah, this was preventable. It was preventable. Mm. And I hate to say it, but it's true. It's like sexual abuse is preventable, right? Yeah. In- yeah. And I think Nicole, I'm so glad that you're, you
1: know, just encouraging people to not ignore their instincts, right? Mm. I think the 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 Holy Spirit works with us in that area as well, meaning like there's a reason we have an instinct, a discomfort around certain people. Now, let's also say little little side note here on this one too. We may have discomfort or an instinct about someone and we're uncomfortable around them, not because they're a sexual predator or a groomer or they're wanting to harm our children. One doesn't always equal the other. Like you were talking about, it's a multiple, multiple, multiple factors that play into that, but it, but it may be something else. They, that person may be reminding us of someone else or something else that has happened. There just may be something odd about that person. Um, and they, I think exactly what you're saying, please don't ignore that. We need to listen to our instinct. Your instinct is there for a reason. And yep. so in the very, so I don't, so in the very least take some action, say something, meaning like, you know, and put, put a boundary in place, better said, you know, um, We're not saying again, that everyone that you may be uncomfortable around, that means that because they're a sexual predator. Um, But we don't, we don't always know, you know, you don't always know. The key thing is, is listening to that instinct, not ignoring it, not pushing it away, not justifying it, not giving yourself a hard time. Like, oh, I need to feel positive about everyone. No, that's not true. Because the Bible even tells us there are wolves in sheep's clothing and Mm -hmm. we need to discern you know, mm-hmm. like where people are actually come, you know, coming from or what their intentions are. So, um, yeah, don't listen, don't, don't ignore, ignore your, um, that gut feeling that you have the yeah. discomfort that you have.
0: So here's some examples of things that they may do that this uh, predator may do when they're around children that is inappropriate they may uh, want to wrestle them, tickle them, kiss them. You know, obviously that's a big one or maybe even hug them, but it could start very innocently. So it could start more like, um, a tutor, uh, tutoring the student. And then uh, after saying, Hey, why don't you, why don't you hang out for a little bit? Tell your mom to come pick you up in an hour or so. She doesn't have to rush over. Right. And so the mom is like, "Whoo." Thank God, I get another hour uh, without my child. Right, I get some peace, and then the child goes and hangs out with the the teacher or the uh, the tutor on the couch, and the tutor says to that kid, um, "Lay your head on my lap." So at first, it's 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 casual. It's not like sexually overt. It's not right away there and, and however, in totally inappropriate, so inappropriate and totally like, yeah, but that's what these people do is they're not going to just come in and just start touching the child. They need to break down levels. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm coupling this talk, not just with calling it sexual predators. I'm also calling it with groomers calling it, you know, because groomers have a, they have a way of desensitizing, breaking down, and shaping and forming the child to being what they want and manipulating, really, to what they want, as opposed to respecting the boundary of the child, even if it's an unspoken boundary, just the fact that they are a child, they're innocent, they're innocent, and they need to be protected, Right. And they need to, you know, not be taken advantage of. That's that's the boundary, right? And so, any adult that cannot act like an adult, like an appropriate adult, should not be around children. Period. Yes. Yes. Period. Um. And so, you know, the, some of the activities that they may be involved in is coaching sports. They may drive buses. They may be a camp counselor. Because all of these are going to provide opportunities for predators or groomers to interact with children independently without a parent involved. And again, that is their most important um, objective is to have that child away from you as the parent. Because again, it just speaks to how big of a role and how much influence and, and that you have right because when when you're an uncaring parent or unconcerned parent you've got a child who's just really out there and doing whatever no one knows no one cares and that predator groomer is going to take advantage of that when you have a parent who's invested who's talking to their children about consent who's teaching them boundaries who's teaching them about their um the names of their genitals that right there is an obvious parent who's invested in their child. So then they're going to be, they're going to be even more aware that maybe a, a, a predator or a groomer is saying certain things to them or asking them to keep a secret from their parent. And it's like, Whoa, who's this person that's asking you to do this. Right. So yeah. something's off of this person. So, yeah, and I was, I was
1: thinking, yeah. And I was thinking too, that sometimes it's not even that, it, that a parent maybe doesn't care you uh baby a parent that is distracted though and this is hard right because life throws us a lot of stuff and sometimes you're trying to maintain all the stress that's you know adult level stress right that's coming your way um and and shield your kids in a way from that but even in that distraction too things like this you know again can leave a vulnerability and so as much as possible I think we have to, really try to make sure that we're as present as we can be with our kids so that we can be aware too, because and I, I think we'll probably get into this at some point too. Um, Nicole, like probably on the next episode or something, but just of um being aware also of how our kids are doing and how they're reacting, you know, to situations and people and things, you know, to also follow our instinct and our gut on that. like if they're also uncomfortable around someone, To make sure to step in and put that boundary in place too, you know, because kids are, yeah, um, it's their behavior is not by accident, kids behavior, it's telling us something.
0: Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that is something that we can definitely talk more about next time. So on the next episode, we are going to be talking about the next three warning signs. And just to give you a little glimpse of what those are, it's going to be, um, this predator groomer is going to create emotional dependency. They will use manipulative behavior and language, and they will push physical and sexual boundaries. So, oh, sorry. And we have one more, and that is, um, they also have jealous and controlling behavior. So. These are such important things that we need to all learn, Um, you know, parent, not parent, caregiver, teacher, volunteer, because if we see this happening in a child's life or if we see some another adult doing these things, we We need to step in and speak up. Absolutely. That's right. We're the big people here. Yeah, we're the adults. adults, I know. Um, And so we will finish this up next time. Um, before we go, I just also want to thank everyone for always being here. I hope this content is helpful to you. I hope it brings life to you. I hope it protects your children. I hope it you know, helps you thrive as a parent and as a person. Um, if you are interested in any of the resources that we offer at Trees of Hope, please, we have so many awesome so many awesome resources. I'm, and it's not just cause I work here, but because I get to literally, uh, be a part of the creating everything, um, that we get to do here visually and some content. Um, but these things are so awesome. These resources, they will help you when you're healed. If you need healing, if you need, um, If you need help with uh, prevention, if you need help with knowing your legal rights when it comes to if something's happened to you, if you're an employee, if you're a student, if you are someone who owns a school or is a principal of a school or something like that, or if you're a teacher at a school and you need guidance on how to talk to kids um, appropriately about... um, when you know sexual abuse and if something's to inter- happen to them, what is the protocol and what are certain things that they do? We have all kinds of resources for you. We also have a devotional coming out this month. Um, sorry, next month. the The month is almost over. I'm like, geez, it's almost. It's almost. What is the next month? Oh my gosh, April. April. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So we have so 2023. many twenty twenty three. It's going by fast. I know. We're already like four months in almost. Yeah. ay, ay. Um, yeah, so I just, I say all of that because, um, you know, that this, this podcast is, is a, is a channel for us to, um, is to reach lots of people that we aren't able to reach in our small little community that we have here in Fort Lauderdale or Broward County. So anywhere you are, we would love to get these things in your hand. We would love to help you. So if you've been sexually abused, we have healing studies, we have, um, a survivor-led support group that's happening in uh, September, please get involved in that. It's life-changing. It changed my life. It's, it's one of the best things I've ever done it was doing that study. And um, if you need more prevention tips or ideas, we have a two-hour online training that you can take at your own time and your own pace. So again, please visit our website at treesofhope.org. We would be very blessed if you were to use one of our resources. So thank you for listening and we will see you next time on episode 58. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe even consider rating the podcast or share it with one of your friends. It really makes all the difference. For more content from Trees of Hope and to connect with us, go to treesofhope.org. We love you. Bye.